Whenever I see a post mentioning real men, there are people who get upset at the audacity to define what a real man is. But I think this is a foundation of the struggle that women have if they can't find a good man. And the issues men have when it comes to having a healthy relationship with their masculinity. If you get the least bit offended when it comes to real men, how can you possibly be or attract a real man? No, we don't fit in boxes and we don't act all the same. Masculinity is certain and defined. If you think that masculinity is fluid and it's absolutely everything, then it's also absolutely nothing. While there are plenty of wounded men in the world, the mainstream narrative takes actual masculinity and defines it as toxic masculinity, then tries to redefine masculinity by trying to make it fluid and embodying all the traits as feminine energy. Then they get mad when these healed men, quote unquote, that are only accepted through either a distorted lens or a feminine lens, can't step up to be protectors. When these real men can't step up and be protectors. If you can't define a real man and list core traits of what makes a real man, then there's a very low chance of experiencing life as or with a real man. So, hello there. Welcome to the Sorry I Offended You podcast. And today I want to talk about what a real man is, among some other things. We'll probably be talking about uh, vasectomies, things things of that nature that's been in the trends. That's been a topic I've been passionate about. I'm so passionate about vasectomies, let me tell you what. Okay, making sure I got the light here good. Um, okay, we got the full screen up in here. Awesome. I got my water ready. So I made that post and somebody requested that I define what a real man is because it's talking about the importance of defining a real man. But what the fuck are you going to do if you don't know what a real man is? And here's the thing. It can look in different ways, but when you water it down completely, then you can't define a real man. And I understand sometimes where people are coming from, where it's like, what is a real man? You don't, you're not, it's not your say to say what a real man is. And it's like, yeah, I get what you're saying. I get that we're all different. I understand that. But at the same time, there seems to be a connection here that everybody who gets mad when somebody defines what a real man is, it's either a man who doesn't seem to be in his power, or it seems to be a woman who has issues with actual masculine energy so in order to have masculine energy in their life they have to have a watered down version of it or they have to change the definition of masculine energy because they're not willing to bring in true masculine energy in their life and i stand by it so first and foremost when going into what a real man is something that's very helpful to me is this graph this graphic it's two people looking at each other. <laughs> Basically, it's a graphic that I, I that is an easy Google search, and it defines masculine energy, and it talks about natural masculine and wounded masculine. And a lot of times when I point this out, this kind of offends people in, in a weird way, where it's like, because for instance, a lot of times in this conversation, um, I'll be I'll be like talking about the difference of feminine and, and 
masculine energy and in feminine energy it says like receptive passive nurturing tenderness kindness um allowing surrender you know things like that and masculine masculized women will get so fucking pissed off at it they'll be like what do you mean uh, we're we got our we're supposed to be passive women can be strong too and i feel like that in itself is like a psyop <laughs> of you know th that in itself is like the patriarchy that you want to tear down so bad that the patriarchy has fucking convinced you that the only way for you to be an empowered women woman is that you had to have the the qualities of a masculine man and that you look at your feminine gifts as something negative rather than seeing it as something positive but i digress that's not what the the um topic at hand is but you know I might have ADD or ADHD. I, I don't think I have ADHD, but um, I do, you know, I do like to trail off on some things. So what is natural ma masculine? Let's go over a few things here. One big one here is responsibility. Taking personal responsibility for your actions taking personal responsibility for all the things in your life. One thing that I'm going to say that I was like thinking about earlier today is like the fucking term adulting. Like, Oh, I got to do adulting. That is an example of a man. That's not masculine where it's like, Oh fuck. I got to do adulting. It's like, there's no responsibility there where it's, there's no like, Hey, I took responsibility I made the choices to build a family and I'm going to take care of my family without fucking complaining about it. You know, so being a man, being a grown fucking adult, you know, being that solid, we got other words here, stability and support. That's masculine. So when you're able to be stable, one of the biggest things about being a real man is Looking at you, and, and, and you know what? I think a lot of people get it confused thinking that the masculine energy is all about action, which action can be included, but people put too much weight on action when it comes to being a man to the point where, you know, they think of the man that's over pursuing a woman that is like, um, chasing people around, chasing the, chasing around the ladies, like Men who constantly slide into women's DMs and like constantly follow up and all that shit. I don't view that as masculine. In fact, in, in, like in a, in a dating scenario, I don't view that as masculine. What I view as masculine is a man who's being grounded and consistent. And I'm not saying that men can't ask women out. That's not what I'm saying. But like the needy version of like, let me keep, you know, pursuing her, even if though she's not writing me back, you know, that type of shit. The masculine is actually stable, like a mountain. You know, that's what the grounded stability and support is. It's like you're grounded like a fucking mountain. And the feminine energy is like the different variety of storms. And like, you know, like you're the mountain and the feminine is a storm. Does that storm knock you over? Does that change your actions? Does that have you abandoning your purpose? Or do you stay solid as a mountain that you are and saying, no, I'm not abandoning my purpose.
I'm not abandoning my purpose. I'm not abandoning my plans to chase a woman. I'm here and I am the solid mountain that a woman can depend on. So like in a courting situation, if you're a masculine man and you're committed to your purpose and you're just doing your thing, you will notice that women will circle circle around in your space and give indicators that she's interested in you. Maybe she'll even reach out to you. Um, or maybe it's something that you do have that inspired action to reach out to a woman, but it's not that needy pursue over pursuing behavior. It's more of like, Hey, I'm in my space now and I'm inviting you to my space or a woman comes into your space and, um, she shows that indicator that she's like interested in you. And then you take that action from there to make the plans to design, you know, to, to make plans for her in your life um, and to lead her in that situation. But the thing is, is that you're the fucking mountain. You don't move around and chase people. You know, and, and the same thing can go with business that can be very helpful. It's like stop chasing around other people's emotions, what other people think of you, distractions, things of that nature. Um, the whole concept of masculine energy is being... I don't want to say holding space. It's like being the framework, being the framework that the feminine can relax in, being the framework where the feminine can circle back to and find consistency in. You know, like the feminine often changes her mind and often like flows through life. And it's not always going to be completely consistent. But if you were to chase that, type of flow as a man if you're chasing a woman's flow then there's going to be a loss of respect in that situation because it's showing that you're not grounded in your own purpose and what you're doing in the world if that makes sense um so that's that's what a real man is to me a real man is somebody who doesn't change like something that i had to learn in my younger years in my teenage years um i had to learn not to change myself for the relationship I, I was in. The first woman or girl or whatever, we were teenagers. The first girl I got into a relationship with, I abandoned myself. You know, for instance, I stopped, you know, I, I stopped working out to spend more time with her, right? And there was a lot of codependency in that relationship. That was me abandoning my masculine energy. Masculine energy is grounded. Like you're going to get me, you know, and you're, you know, it's like, no matter what, you're going to get the true me, you know, you're not going to be caught off guard. Like, yes, my self-expression is like organized chaos. I understand that, but you're going to know, you know what my values are. You know who I am and that's what stable masculine energy is. And I think, you know, it's, it can be very helpful having those masculine codes in your business, even if you're a woman business owner. But to me, that's what makes a real man. Um, protection. Protection is definitely a big one uh, for a man to be able to protect, to be able to, you know, to be able to not be a fucking coward. <laughs> like, <clears throat> like if you're using a woman as a human shield when there's danger, then you're not a real man. And, it, you know, like I was about to say in my opinion, no, not in my opinion. You're not a real man. 
And there needs to be standards for what a real man is. Like, obviously, you have a dick and balls and you were born a male. But just because you went through puberty and, you know, got pubes and you and you might be able to grow some facial hair, that doesn't make you an actual man. You can be a boy in a man's body. You can be, is that trans, a boy trans transitioning to a man but like still no like a boy i don't know i i lost the fucking joke there um but protection is big like do women feel safe around you now i mean like look i'm not looking i'm not saying that men should be perfect right i lift weights i just got done lifting weights today but i'm not like i can't deadlift like a 700 pounds you know like you know it's like i'm not the strongest man in the neighborhood maybe i am i don't know there's some old folks living around here i i don't know i don't know the strength of the men in my neighborhood but i know that i will fight the to the death for my wife and i have some level of fighting skills i'm not a karate expert right um I'm not a boxing expert. In fact, I think I was punching the bag. Uh, I was punching the bag a few months ago and I feel like I got some carpal tunnel. But like, the thing is, is I know confrontation. Um, I've been in the military. I've been trained to kill. I've been in the infantry. Like that's literally what they do in the infantry. They teach you how to kill. Um, I've learned combatives in, in the infantry, even though it's like just base level combatives. Um, and I've been in a lot of conflict in my life. And there's been a lot of times in my life where I stepped up as a protector. And the thing is, it's like, are you willing to put your life on the line for the women that you love and the children that you love? That's what a real man is to me. You may not be the strongest man in the room, but are you willing to do what it takes to protect your loved ones? And that's what a real man is to me. One example that I have, and this is the thing that fucking pisses me off with the virtue signaling online. I remember I had this friend um, in, you know, back when I was like in my 20s. And I remember this one instance that she was drunk and we were hanging out and we were in this like, is it like an alleyway? <laughs> like not a dark alleyway, but just like the a spot where it wasn't exposed to the public and like six men were surrounding us at some point trying to take advantage of her. And I remember that I was standing up for her in that moment. Like they were telling me like, no, just let us take her home or whatever like that. Like, you know, we're, we're and I'm like, no, she's fucking drunk. Right. So at that moment, I was outnumbered. I think every person in that situation was bigger than me. And I was outnumbered like maybe six to one, at least five of them. I don't know, like, it, but I was outnumbered. And I stood there and I stood up for her and I'm like, no, we're, you're not fucking doing this. And eventually they left and it didn't break out to a fight. It probably wasn't worth fighting somebody as stubborn as me, you know, it was probably better off for them to just leave and not create attention for themselves. But I think of that and I'm like, how many people are willing to do that in a situation where they know that if they stand up for themselves, they will get their ass kicked. 
Like how and how many men, so-called men, would be a fucking coward in that situation? Because there wasn't an upside for me. Like if if things went south, there was there was no chance for me. <laughs> like I the the best I could have done was get my ass kicked or worse, and buy some time for her to like escape into the public eye. And so I just think of stuff like that. It's like, okay, you virtue signal online and you talk all this big game about how great of a person you are. But when the shit hits the fan and no one's really watching and, you know, it's like, do you throw your friends under the bus? Even if she was a stranger, right? If I ended up in that situation with a stranger, you know, it's like I wouldn't feel good with myself to not protect her. And the same thing with like things you see online all the time where people pull out their camera phones when like, you know, a woman's in trouble in particular or someone vulnerable's in trouble, people just pull out their fucking phones. And it's like you you're not going to step up for someone. I just feel like that's important. I think that's it's part of like what makes a good person but definitely a real man to being able to be a protector even when it's not popular um you know a friend of mine on the social medias like there was an instance like that where i was protecting somebody in more of a online situation right and she made a post and everyone was jumping in on her and um, I was the only one who stood up for her in that moment. And she reminds me of that. And I appreciate that, but I was the only one who stood up for her. And it wasn't the popular thing to stand up for her at that time, but there were people harassing her online before the cancel culture thing was big. In fact, the people that were harassing her would sort of be like the more of like they wouldn't be, they weren't leftist, right? You know, she was more of the lefty person in that situation. It wasn't like the kind of lefty cancel culture stuff that goes on today. It was more of her trying to speak up about a situation that was happening in, happening in a coaching group and it pissed off the leader and they sent the wolves to her. And I was the only one there sticking up for them and I was calling out the leader even though he was a you know, a beloved person in that community where no one would speak up about it. And that kind of evolved into some other sick shit as well. Like they were threatening her in real life. Um, you know, it was really, it was a really bad situation, but I stood up for her, even if, you know, even if like I could lose close relationships from that, because in that same group, you know, I had friends in that group where, you know, they had power, right? They had power in their business and having those business relationships probably would benefit my business. But that's against my values when not only are you um, being abusive toward a woman, but like making threats as well and everyone's being hush-hush about it or everyone's sweeping it under the rug. So it's like, when it's unpopular to stand up, do you stand up? And that's what protection is to me. 
Another form of protection is wear a fucking condom. Uh, I sorry, I had to bring that in. A fucking vasectomy. We'll talk about vasectomies later. We're gonna talk about that later um, in this show. Don't you worry about it. And we're gonna talk a little bit. We're gonna be talking a little bit about Roe v. Wade. Um, I don't want to jump in too much in the discussion, and I feel like I say shit like this on my podcast a lot, but I don't want to talk about like the standard fucking argument of pro-life versus pro-choice. I feel like that's such a binary, stupid fucking argument. (laughs) And it's like, we don't get anywhere with that, but I do want to share some of my thoughts and all that good stuff and feminine and masculine energy. But um, what else makes a man? So we're looking at natural masculine energy. We see courage. Courage is part of that. Um, Boundaries. So setting clear boundaries. You know, not only boundaries for yourself, which is a big thing. Like, like I said it said earlier, being masculine is being a purpose driven man. But part of that is holding boundaries for yourself, where it's like you made a plan that is going to um, benefit your purpose. And a lady (coughs) or a friend, it doesn't have to be a lady, it could be a male friend that is a male that also works at the fucking mail off, mail, the post office and delivers mail, a male that delivers mail. But, um, you know, boundaries, is like when you're on purpose and someone tries to take you off purpose, you have the boundary to be like, no, um, not doing that. Or if you make plans with a woman on a Saturday night, one of the ladies, you make you make a plan with your lady friend that you're courting and one day you might want to marry her, but maybe not. Maybe you're still deciding if you want to marry her. Um, and you have plans Saturday night And then she cancels last minute and say, how about we do tomorrow instead? But you already have legitimate plans on Sunday. You're obviously you're a man and you're going to church all day because that's what men do. Men don't cheat. Men don't, (laughs) men don't go around having sex. They spend all day in church on Sundays and you had plans to spend church all day on Sunday. You don't let her take your off your conversation with God. Maybe with boundaries as a real man, real fucking man, alpha male, perhaps, if anything, if you still want to hang out with her, you can say, hey, hey, lady, you can come to church service with me and you can be, you know, if you want to go come to church service, we got free bagels and um, we're going to do a lot of praying and we're going to do a lot of we're going to be reading from many of the text, And um, if this is something that you're committed to, you can come to the church with me. That might make sense. But to abandon your boundaries and say, you know what, I'll go off to brunch with you. When you have a mission for God, <laughs> this is sounding like a gospel podcast now. When you have a fucking mission for God, I had to throw the fucking in there. When you have a mission for God, you don't abandon that mission to meet a lady for brunch to eat pesto on your fucking eggs you made plans saturday and for some reason she broke off those plans she met she swiped right at some other guy on tinder wanted to check him out first as a man you have boundaries 
and you're like, I'm not fucking doing that. I'm going to church. You have boundaries and standards. So like, that's a, you know, that's to me what makes a real man, like a, a, a fake man, an artificial man would abandon his boundaries and do whatever a woman wants, basically because he's attracted and starts following her way. You know, like some extreme examples. One extreme example is like when I was in the military, I would hear stories about guys who made a commitment to be in the military and then they would back out because they wanted to spend more time with their girlfriend. That's instantly a relationship that's going to fail because in the moment she might be like, oh, nice. my He's not leaving me. Oh, we're together. You're creating that codependent space where the polarity drops and she doesn't respect your masculine because you're willing to fold at any request that she says. A man's got to honor his fucking mission and honor his purpose, even if she's not down with it. Even if she's like, no, I think that might be dangerous for you or no, um, I want to spend more time with you. A woman might say something like that, but really she respects a man that is, um, that is with his purpose. So other things is discipline, capable. Uh, is there just another one I saw? Discipline, capable. So it's like, you know, just discipline is like finishing what you started, being a man of your word, being capable, you know, don't not being useless. You know, a real man is is capable of solving problems. You know, it's funny because Rebecca and I, we have an interesting relationship and I work within her business and we call me the Swiss Army Knife because it's like, there's a lot of things that kind of, um, that I know. There's a lot of tech stuff that I'm aware of and that I have knowledge in and I'm skillful at. And, you know, I'm also a good cook, so I do the food prep stuff as well. We we tried to hire a chef, um, but that didn't work out too well. We, we just weren't finding our dream chef, our soulmate chef. And uh, I laugh at that because someone says, I don't want... <laughs> I saw a post that says, I don't want a client that's my soulmate. <laughs> and I think that's like that's a fucking good point. Like calling soulmate clients is like, no, we're not soulmates. We're twin flames. No, I'm just kidding. Um, we couldn't find our soulmate chef. And we tried something out where it's like, let me, what if I food prep? And I'm very good at it. She's very satisfied with my cooking. I'm very satisfied with my own cooking. I knew always knew that I could cook. I learned cooking in the military. I wasn't a cook in the military, but when we were going on deployment in Egypt, I did take some cooking classes, but I didn't know how much of a good cook I was until like I took on some recipes and apparently I'm nailing them pretty good. Um, but like as a man, you don't have to be an expert in any, everything to be capable or to be a real man. But what I would say here is, is that are you, do you rise up to challenge? Do you learn new skills? Where are you putting your energy? Are you pu putting your energy into things that don't bring, that don't help you master skills? Or are you curious and interested in learning new skills 
to become a more capable man in your life and in your family's life. You know, I'm not a big home improvement person, right? I'm not a big handyman type of person. Um, I don't do a lot of car stuff. <laughs> I don't do drywall. I don't even like fucking painting. painting. Like I could paint rooms, but I don't. And that's besides the point because we're renting right now. But I'm a very capable man with a fine set of skills. Um, a coach. I have a lot of creativity. That's more self-serving. And well, not self-serving. My creativity serves others. Um, I'm very capable in taking care of my responsibilities. Right now, my responsibility is my sweet Katie bug. And I'm always sacrificing time and being a capable dog father. And I know that's not the same. I know I know that we've been waiting to have human flesh babies. <laughs> I hear people say fur babies. I'm like, okay, is human flesh babies? It's like, it sounds so fucking disturbing. Um, but I know my character, when we do expand our family, that I'm going to be a capable father, right? Part of being capable, bringing this into the Roe v. Wade conversation, it's like I feel like people put their gripes on like incapable men, basically. Like it's not even like some people aren't even talking about abortion. They're talking about incapable men. And there's like this gotcha type meme where it's like, well, since women are expected to, to give birth to a child, then maybe we should make it a law to men need to be in the, the kid's life. And I'm, I don't understand that fully because I thought it was a law. I could be wrong. I'm sorry if I'm wrong. Um, I apologize if this is offensive. I thought it was a fucking law, right? I thought that was, but like, I look at that and I'm like, yeah, like that doesn't feel like a gotcha to me. Like if I fucking create a kid, obviously I'm going to be the capable father in their life. Like what kind of sociopath wants to just like fucking spread their seed around and then not be in the kid's life, which I know there are a lot of, but like the disconnect there. So, you know, it's like responsibility and capable go hand in hand where it's like, as a man, are you being responsible for the commitments that you created? Even if you accidentally created that commitment, even if you thought you had the strongest condom and you put it on wrong and the condom broke and you had a kid, are you being a capable man in that kid's life instead of being like, Oh, it was a mistake. It's not my responsibility. Like, are you doing everything you can to be in the kid's life? Um, and I know there's, there's conflicts and there's challenges for men too, where, you know, they're not able to see them because the, the mother of their children won't let them and things of that nature. I can't be getting into every single scenario, but you want to be a capable and responsible man as a real man. And then a certain and assertive direction. These are all similar to me. You know, assertive, are you taking the initiative to call the shots? Are you being certain about your decisions? Like, or is analysis paralysis taking you over? 
Um, so part of being a real man is to be like, yo, this is how things work. <laughs> like this is, this is a plan. I got the plan. I'm going to be assertive with it and I'm going to be certain about it, or I'm going to walk with a sense of certainty. Um, you know, something, I remember a friend telling me a way, a while back, he's like, he's like, you don't even know where we are, but you walked so you 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 act like you're so certain like you walk like with a confidence as if you're there and i think like that's very important where it's like when you make a decision you decide to be certain about it and if you you know obviously openness to learning and open to feedback that's all with it but are you certain with what you stand for who you are what values you defend things of that nature direction you know just taking it back to the courting example where you know one of the biggest turnoffs for women would be that if you're dating her and you're like i don't know what do you want <laughs> i don't know what do you want for dinner oh well whatever you want what time do you want to go out like being the person of direction is more like hey i know this amazing place be ready by seven i'm going to be picking you up that's direction Right. That allows the feminine to relax. Um, and that there's a level of certainty that goes with that. There's a level of assert assertiveness that goes with that. And the thing is, is like, I think the fear that I had when growing up as a young boy that has not yet become a man. Uh, <laughs> a big thing for me was like, well, what if she doesn't like the restaurant that I offer to take her out to? Or what if, you know blah 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 and i realized that even if you took a woman to a restaurant that wasn't didn't work out so great for her as long as she's not like got food poison or whatever make sure you don't take her to anywhere with food poison but even if it wasn't her favorite restaurant she's going to appreciate more that you had the assertiveness and you planned it out and you allowed her to relax in her feminine um, and she might say something like, yo, I got peanut allergy. You can't take me to the peanut place. You can't take me to Texas Roadhouse. I got a peanut allergy. Like that's, that makes sense, you know, but when you have direction and assertiveness, a lot of times women will appreciate that the man led rather than, um, you know, rather than keep asking like what do you feel like do you feel like pizza or do you like burgers or do you want a pizza cheeseburger or do you want steak or do you want a salad um you know like she doesn't want you asking for her approval but anyway as i say this this is good advice for men this is good advice for women of what to to expect out of like what standards to expect out of a man as well right i think a lot of times women have needs and then they sort of like let these things slide sometimes or whatever. And it's like, no, you get to have a man that leads you, right? You deserve that. All right. So is there anything else I wanted to say on this? Um, you got like this wounded masculine section and like abuse of power, dominance, aggression, confrontational. And something I wanted to say, one last thing I wanted to say about the confrontational piece of the wounded masculine is, yes, a wounded masculine man is always going to confront in an unhealthy way and start shit everywhere he goes. But 
one thing to realize here is 222 um, and my text message says the U.S. Census Bureau needs help to understand the impact of COVID-19 on. It's not my fucking job. I'm not, I'm not, a, you're not paying me to tell you the impact on the Rona. Now you made me say the word in my podcast and now this is going to flag this podcast. Thank Thanks a lot, text message and ADD. It's all your fault. That's my masculine personal responsibility talking. But um, confrontation. One thing I will say about this wounded masculine confrontation, a man who is addicted to confrontation and is looking to hurt other people, that is a wounded masculine. But as a man, a natural masculine man, a real man, so to say, is a man who is willing, who is comfortable in confrontation who is able to face confrontation in a healthy, grounded way. So I think that's very important as well. So to me, that's the definition of a masculine man. Um, P.S. I got a haircut and I don't know. Rebecca says the haircut's good. I think it's, I think it's a, I think the haircut works, but I had a new guy. I had a new guy, uh, at the barbershop and I know for the women listening your your hair probably takes longer but for me this haircut took 45 minutes and for for a guy that's fucking long like I think I think my usual haircut might be 15 minutes maybe even 10 minutes I don't know but I felt like I was sitting there forever and and I just like I think, I think we made it. I think we made it like, I think it worked out. But at the same time, I feel like if you're going to use me as a science project or a training or, or a test dummy for your newbie hair cutters, I should be warned. And I'm not the type of person who's like, I should get a discount, but maybe like maybe half price or something. I don't know if like, it should be something that I sign up for where it's like, are you willing to be an experiment? for a new barber um, and possibly get your hair fucked up. We will, we'll knock off $10 off the price. You know, that would seem like an honorable thing to do for the barbershop, but no, I paid full price and I stayed there triple the time that I usually would. And it's one moment he like, you know, it's, it's normal for uh, to have your hair wet. So they cut the top. He fucking drenched my head in, in water <laughs> and it was like dripping down. It was like dripping down all over me. He's like, no, he's like, don't worry. I got a towel, man. I'm like, like I've never had a haircut where they had to wipe my entire front of my face because there was water drenching. Like I was, I was, all, I was near drowning. I was this, I was this close to be able to file a lawsuit, um, to the barber shop for drowning. Hello? What is it? Okay, I'm I'm recording a podcast. Hello? I'm recording a podcast. Love you. Cave <laughs> Nation. That could be it. That could be the thing. One second. Rebecca. Rebecca?
Would you like to talk about masculinity? Would you like to talk about masculinity? Would you like to share some masculine qualities that I might have missed? Like what what in what is a real man to you? It's okay. Yeah, she had COVID and now she's healthy. Well, it is a video. You don't have to be on the video, but what do you think makes a real man? I think Ginger, a real man. red hair. Are you, are you wanting like a goofy answer? No, no, a, a real answer. You're allowed to be goofy, but. I think a real man, I mean, I think it depends who you ask, but I, to me, masculine energy feels grounded. It feels solid. Grounded, solid. It feels. Hard. Um, <laughs> <laughs> um, Veiny. Yeah. Strong and it feels, um, it also, masculine energy feels more precise, linear, and logical, whereas feminine. Ah, so precise, linear, logical, solid like an oak tree. Yeah, like and deep, dependable. Deep roots. Deep like, roots. Think, like, like, I'm repeating what you said because I don't know if the mic's picking yeah, you up, but. Yeah. Well, I feel like if a big thunderstorm came through, like a tree, a big yeah. tree, and it's solid masculinity, the branches may wave, but it's like rooted and stable. Yeah. Versus, like, I feel like feminine energy is, like, the wind. Woo. <laughs> like, the feminine energy is, like, the wind. So, I, I did make an analogy like that about mountains. Wow. So, like, we're, we're kind of on the same mountains page here. Mountains and trees. Not that fucking tree in our backyard that fell. No, not that one. Yeah, that wasn't a masculine tree. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, here's the thing. I, I don't think masculine, it doesn't have to be perfection. And it's like every man's on their own journey, right? It's not like some something where it's like you have to raise to a particular perfect standard, but it's like, are you on the path? Totally. Are you on the path of masculinity? Like, like, an, it feels like an energetic that you engage with that you can call yeah. on any given day. Like some days I feel like I need more feminine energy. I need to be in my emotions. I yes. Need to Sometimes you need to be in your emotions. I don't think the mic's picking you up. Oh, um, sorry. <laughs> Sometimes you're an emotion, sometimes you're creative, but sometimes you call on a different energy and, and you feel like it's an energy, you need precision and structure. Yeah. Okay. And I think it's helpful to have masculine energy in your business, whether... Yes, it's extremely helpful. There's no business without masculine yeah. energy. The business, like, it's like, um, it, it's like a, like a house without, like you, I feel like masculine energy needs to contain the feminine magic. Yeah masculine energy i'll repeat that just in case you have fun <laughs> you have a good time uh, masculine energy is what contains the magic and it's super like that can come from having a, a an assistant that can help guide you or a fucking architect strategist genius yeah like brandon but there are not too many spots for brandon because brandon helps me do so yep. many things and is a genius behind my strategy but there's like some, a few. Yeah, spots. that that goes into the pitch. But um, I have been working on a, a new one on one service. And using the gifts that I use in Rebecca's business, because I've been seeing like, you know, a lot of gifts that I help her hold that container for her so she can feel free to create and to hold her money, um, not only grow her money, but hold her money and um it just ha helps in many ways from systems, 
you know, her systems are in place. Her, the way that she holds her money is in place. Like I help manage the money and I help make sure there's a good investing plan and the savings plan for the family and all that stuff and the business as well. Um, and also critics online, like whenever there's like a challenge online, that masculine energy helps make things stable. Um, and just like holding the energy when things get chaotic and even to the point where sometimes if she has a task, either I'll help her do some of the admin stuff or like something that really comes easy for me, or sometimes it's something that requires her. But if I'm in the room there setting the container for her, it makes it a lot easier. So I'm also redeveloping my one-on-one services and I've been working on this for a while. Um, but hey, I guess my call to action is to shoot me in the DMs. <laughs> no, seriously, but like, you know, let me know if you are interested in working with me one-on-one -on -one and the details will be out soon. I would say probably by August, um, I'll have the details out of exactly how I wanna help my clients as an architect in their business, an architect and creator in their business. And it's something that I've been helping Rebecca with immensely. Um, you know, I'm really redesigning a lot of the things in my own business. But the shoot me in the DMs joke came from this reel I responded to. This woman was saying that it's offensive. We need to stop saying shoot shoot me a DM or saying get shot or whatever. And then I made a joke. First, I responded to her reel. And it, it was a reel that got very good traction and very good engagement. Then I woke up and the reel was gone and the woman had blocked me. So apparently if you stitch a reel on Instagram and they don't like your response, they just, they can have it deleted. And that and that hasn't been the case for me on the TikTok. The TikTok, um, met real men, I don't give a fuck what people say. Real men don't do that lip syncing shit, dancing shit on TikTok. I know I might sound like Suge Knight here, where it's like, hey, he's all dancing in the videos. <laughs> Come to death row if you want to be a real man. But anyway, death row, the, the rap label, I guess that was probably Wounded Masculine. It was very violent. Mm. <laughs> but, um, yeah. Sorry, got caught chewing on some ice. I'm sorry if that went into the fucking microphone. Well, okay, so my services and stuff. Oh, yeah. I got in trouble on Instagram because I joked with a friend saying that instead of shooting, shoot somebody's, shoot somebody a DM, you should start nuking DMs. <laughs> and uh, Instagram saw that as a threat and flagged my account. Which makes no sense because I don't have access to nukes. You know? So, like, even if you took it serious, even if I was serious about nuking somebody i don't have fucking nukes i don't own any nukes like how are you gonna fucking flag me for that it's just ridiculous um is there anything else i wanted to say on this podcast yes there is there's a few things i want to go over um one last thing about the masculinity piece um some action steps of what entails a real man is lift somewhat fucking weights have a weightlifting regimen 
or a workout regimen. Lift fucking weights. Eat good protein. <laughs> um, find ways to raise your testosterone level. Testosterone makes a real man. Not raging testosterone levels where your balls shrink. Like none of that. But like find ways to raise your testosterone levels. Whether it's through your diet or... Um, or, you know, there's a whole no fat thing, no masturbating thing for men. I really do think that um, not getting addicted to, not being addicted to porn, perhaps even cutting porn out of your life completely will help increase your masculinity, which contributes to being a real man. Um, what else? Meditating, learning. You know, one thing that is so important to me in relationships, which goes both ways. But when you're someone who's open to learning and you're open to personal development, then the sky is the limit. So like if you're, if you're a woman seeking a real man, um, you might not find the perfect man cause we're not, none of us are perfect. But if you find someone who is committed on his path, committed to his purpose, you know, has some direction in his life. You know, it's not even about the money in the bank account, which is good. You know, money and financially providing is is part of being a man. But the more important part about this is, is having purpose and drive and not letting your vices take control of you. So it's like, I'm not going to be anti-video game. Um, I'm kind of anti-men watching porn. But like... Even if we didn't look at that, where it's like, are these vices taking control of you as a man? Or, you know, like, can you play a video game and that's cool? Like, some people have more extreme views on that, but it's like, can you play a video game but still be committed to your purpose? Can you still honor your responsibilities as a father, as a brother, as a husband, as a boyfriend, as a um, business owner? Like, are you still able to complete those tasks? Are you still able to have the discipline to work on your body and your spirit? Um, are you still open to learning? Are you still growing? Are you still developing yourself through reading books and knowledge and having coaches and um, all that stuff? Are you, if, if you are afraid of confrontation or, you know, you want to, are you like on the path of developing as somebody who can be a protector or are you increasing your strength and expanding your comfort zone so you can step up as a protector to the ladies in your life and the children in your life when needed that to me is a real man it's not about being perfect and in fact i think as a man and as like a group of men we get to lead each we get to help lift each other up we don't, ex we don't beat each other down for not being perfect or having shortcomings. And each man has a different strength. But are you bringing something, something to the table as a man? Are you open to learning? Have you left your childish ways of saying life is not fair? And have you stopped saying that you hate adulting? Those are some indicators of being a real man in my not in my no it's it's definite it's the definite truth it's not my fucking opinion i apologize and you hydrate real men hydrate and that's that that's a 
That's a good start. <laughs> you know, it's like, what do you do in a situation? And another part of it, it's like a woman being in, in her power as well. How do you handle that? A big thing that I've seen online is that men are the head of the household. And sometimes that verges into men being the providers of women. The issue for me is, is my wife makes, you know, has 100K months and, you know, consistently on a consistent basis, like the floor of the monthly income is 40K. So it's like, I'm not going to provide financially, you know, in a way where it's like, it's, it, it's like, there's not that need there where it's like, I need him to provide for me. She's a fucking genius, marketing genius and a coaching genius. And she's been able to be, I don't know if I want to say outlier, but like she's a powerful business owner. But in what ways did I provide for her in that situation? In a situation that looks different? Well, there were times where we were both tight on money and that, you know, not even like, not even like not earning enough money, but just like times where there were money crunches early on in the relationship. And I coached her through it. Right. And I was a calm, stabilized foundation that coached her through it to help her with those breakthroughs in those situations. Um, then there was a moment where before the business blew up onto a whole new level where she asked me, like, would I stay with her no matter what changes if she made 100K months? And I was completely honest with her. And I was like, yeah, I'm not going to I'm not going to try to tear you down and I'm going to handle I'm going to handle my own triggers. Right. I'm going to handle my own shit if it makes has me feeling inadequate that you're earning so much money. And that's a big thing too, where I think the, the, the concept of being a provider is kind of basic and it's kind of right, but it doesn't necessarily always apply to like probably a lot of the women listening to this podcast or maybe a lot of the men listening to this podcast who, who or maybe it's even like a modern man thing that we have to kind of adopt where I think people make a good point about men being the head of the household because if a man isn't leading the house, then yes, there's going to be like some dysfunction there. If he's not carrying his weight and his masculine, there's going to be dysfunction in the family system in the, in the family structure. And there's definitely some old lessons that we get to not abandon to create this amazing um, union in our families, right? There's definitely things to learn about it. Like, it's not like, I don't agree with throwing everything in the past away and saying, ah, oh, patriarchy, that's bullshit. Like, no, there's still some valuable things, you know? I still, I still, um, I still date my wife. I still take her out. I still open the car door for her. I still help her in like some decisions and things of that nature. And 
I've allowed, I've given her, not given, but I haven't intruded upon the freedom of her building her own business. And instead of being a burden, instead of weighing her down with my own bullshit and my jealousy and whatever inadequacies that I might feel with her being in her power, I decided to support her and being one of the, 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 being one of the reasons that she felt comfortable to like really go for it and step in her power. And not only that, but like support her in doing that. Like, you know, she was sick for like the last two weeks and I was part of that support system along with her assistant, Stephanie and, uh, co-coach. Is that, would that be the right, um, the right, um, job title, but, um, her, her, co-coach Michelle that also is a brilliant coach who's been in marketing miracle and um who's who's been coaching and who coached in marketing miracle yesterday and has been coaching the mastermind it's like being that support system on you know on my end to taking care of things and know that you know I can be that mountain for her I can be that that person who stabilizes things even when things aren't going so well for her um that's important. You know, I've been, I've played a huge role in holding the money, you know, like making sure there's a container where a stabilized container where, you know, the feminine doesn't make all these fucking drastic decisions where it's like, let's invest 50 K there. Let's, you know, where the fuck the money went? Like, sometimes I feel like this isn't an official statement. And maybe I would have to personally look into it. Maybe a more of a money expert, a spiritual money expert can clarify this. But sometimes I even feel like the feminine energy is like, you know, big in the expansion of receiving money, like bringing massive amounts of money in. And the masculine energy is really good at the holding the money and investing it in the right spots and grounding that money. I don't know. I met so many women in the entrepreneur space or heard stories or just see the spending habits um, where it's like women will make 100K a month or some shit and then the money just disappears. And it's like this constant thing of being so fucking gifted and talented and making this money but then it's like, woof. It's like there's not this strategic architectural investing aspect to it. So I think that's an important aspect of um, having the masculine and feminine merge and work together and having different people with different gifts on your team or what it may be. Like I highly suggest having that level of masculine support or embodying it or, you know, noticing that if you're somebody who earns a lot of money, but the money goes like, woof. And it's like, where the fuck did it go? Um, so that's a big thing. But yeah, so a big thing in me supporting Rebecca is like, when you're both powerful entrepreneurs, the providing stuff financially kind of goes out the window. Like, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> like, it's just like, like, yes, you know, I want to court her and take her out on dates and treat her to things and 
and buy her surprise gifts and flowers and stuff and lead situations and take her, you know, take her out on date night, all that good stuff and, and um, show that she's safe in my leadership. But, you know, it, it feels like the, the financial providing aspect is like, how much does that mean for a woman who can snap her fingers and, and manifest money like it grows on trees, right? Um, so you really have to dig deeper if you're a man towards like, how can I provide energetically? How can I provide in a deeper way where she still feels held even though financially she has things in order? How can I make her ability to bring in money, how can I even strengthen that ability as a man? How can I make, how could I even help her earn more and more money? And when I was facing that, when I was facing my own insecurities about the whole money thing, the thing that came up to me is like, I would never, I would never be like the wet blanket for my wife. I would never let any type of insecurity be like, you got to act smaller so I feel more comfortable. Instead, I look at it as a challenge of like, wow, she was able to build something out like this. What do I get to do on my own purpose? Or how do I even, how do I get to help her in that? How do I make this better? How can I look in this situation and add something into this business? How can I help lead her? How can I help her feel held in the situation? And I think that's a big thing too, where you look at it more on a deeper energetic level instead of a surface base level. I think there is a lot of truth to the providing and things of that nature. But something that I had to learn as a man is that whatever money that comes in, that does not define who I am as a man. And there are millions of ways that I can provide. Like, it doesn't matter if I'm a multimillionaire. Rebecca is good. Financially, she doesn't need somebody to come swoop her up and provide, right? So in what ways do I get to be bringing that source, that masculinity into the, 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 the marriage? And in what ways can I have her feeling provided for beyond the numbers on the screen, beyond the paper, the, the, the paper and the Bitcoins and the investments. And the way that I do that is I offer my knowledge. I offer my masculine energy. I offer the stability and I offer the ability for her to fly even higher because I'm so grounded in my masculine. And she's able to express her business in a feminine way, even though I help create those masculine structures along with other people on her team, creating those, you know, from accounting to, um, you know, is it O, OBM, OBM, I think that would be the correct term, you know, assistant work. Um, so she's supported in creating. Is there anything else I want to say? You know, one last thing about the, the, the Roe v. Wade thing that I wanted to state is one thing that I posted, I said, when it comes down to narratives being pushed by the media, 
the goal is always to break down the family structure to weaken men and make them think that being weak is being one of the quote unquote good men. Three, take women out of their natural power and essence and make them believe it's empowerment. Four, demoralize humanity from reproducing and even making procreation seem like a sin. Not reproducing, not reproducing is a virtue. Five, make government their god and religion. No matter what current the current outrage is, these are always the goal in mind. Um, and it was this meme that says, Many women took the bait, getting rid of their men, embracing the single-parent mind control, cheered on the feminization of their men, and looked toward government and big corporation as the new protectors. The trap is now set because it's big daddy government who's attacking the entire tribe, and the men reading comic books and who are dressed up as the Avengers aren't going to save anyone. So, something that I've stated is... As I, I've matured, I've become more pro-life in my personal life. Meaning, I think that I should be taking radical responsibility in my personal life. Um, and I've never encountered a problem where, you know, a woman that I was with needed an abortion. And I, it's it's... It's interesting to me because if everyone says how condoms aren't effective and they only have like a 98% success rate, but I'm like, they've worked, they, they seem to work. Like I get it. There's situations, but I'm like, yo, are you putting the condom on wrong? Like I, I don't fucking understand sometimes like like it's one thing to recognize that they're not fully, you know, they're not a hundred percent, but sometimes they feel like people act like condoms don't exist. So personally, I'm about taking radical personal responsibility. Um, the whole situation, I don't think there should be, I don't think a law controlling abortion is going to lead in, in good ways. Like, I, I just think that, you know, I think influencing the culture to care more about of our more about our actions and the responsibilities we take. I think that's important. And, and I think that, you know, there's pro life arguments and pro choice arguments. I see if it's at a certain level of consciousness, I'm like, I feel what you're putting down. And then there's this like low level consciousness that is even spreading misinformation and not understanding information. I'm like, no, I don't like, this is ridiculous. But at the end of the day, when it comes to other people, I'm pro-choice. Um, and despite people complaining about the American system, and I think at some point we're, you know, we, we're just going to evolve as a humanity. And I think there are definitely outdated ways that we govern. But one of the things to be grateful about the American system is how it was designed and what happened was the Supreme Court ended Roe v. Wade and gave the states rights. Now, I'm pro-states rights, but I'm also not pro um, being very restrictive to the choices that women have. Um, and this is also a nuanced conversation because it's like, you know, it's like there's different stages of pregnancy. And... To me, I think viewing a human life as a parasite or a cancer, which I've heard people say, 
is disconnected. And what I wish for humanity is therefore to be connection to our responsibilities, both men and women, um, to take our responsibilities serious and to take life serious and to take our action serious and the act of sex serious. Like, I think that the best thing that we can do is take responsible actions. But I also think that it's not my place to be telling other people how to live their life. I think there are situations um, where there's a difficult decision there. And it's not my place to look into every personal decision and tell tell people what the right thing to do in those situations are. But I do wanna influence people to make responsible decisions, to value family, to value the life that they co-create in this world, to value the women that they're with, to value the men that they're with, to take sex seriously, to have balance in honoring sexual energy. Now, I understand that sexual uh, suppression is not good as well, and to almost be afraid of sex, like that's not a good place to be. But I also think that sex is a sacred act and it should be, it should be um, done thoughtfully and consciously. And my responsibility is for me to be a responsible future father, be responsible for my actions and do what's best for my family and to help out my community and to help out in my content when I can. But it's not my place to control other people's lives, wave the finger at people. Um, But I do wish for a conscious culture to arise from this and for us to learn to treat each other better. Something that I saw with this whole, you know, when this news broke out from Roe v. Wade is a lot of people expressing their grievances. And... It seemed like there was a lot of division when it came to relationships, women having issues with the masculine, an unhealed relationship with the masculine, and even men having an unhealed relationship with the feminine. And I look at these discussions online where, like, it it kind of makes me sick to my stomach when somebody is, like, yelling and saying, like, you should just get a vasectomy. And it's like... This is something that would never come up in my marriage. This is never a conversation that would like, like, yes, the conversation of a conscious conversation of like, you know, um, if we wanted to not bring babies into this world or whatever, you know, a conscious conversation of contraceptives, um, obviously, yes. But like these ultimatums that people post where it's like, you know, I saw somebody post like, if your man's not not offering a vasectomy, you need to leave him. And I'm like, that's the most ridiculous shit I've ever seen. <laughs> like, <clears throat> one of the most ridiculous shit. And then people come and tell me when I point it out where it's like, no, it's just in theory. Like, people are joking about it. No, there's a whole movement. Like, the, the vasectomy rates have skyrocketed with men. It's ridiculous. Um, but what... What I want to say to that is, is like in a healthy marriage, those ultimatums don't come up. Like that's, it's so weird to see that 
And it's so weird being a man in the middle of all this conflict online and feel like I'm being yelled at. And I'm like, yo, I, I'm responsible with the sperm that I put out into the world. Um, I'm in a healthy marriage and I'm, I'm not like, why are you yelling at me? <laughs> it's just like, why the fuck are you yelling at me? I'm, I'm just living my life. I open up my Facebook and I'm getting yelled at about getting a vasectomy or some shit. And it's just like, it's insane, man. It's just fucking insane. Like, I really think a lot of these problems are solved if we have a healthy level of media consumption. Like, one thing, if you look deeper into these situations, you can have a level-headed, logical approach to it. I know some people probably don't like me saying that shit. Um, but another thing, it's like, a lot of these issues that are coming up are the issues that people have with the feminine or the masculine or their unhealed relationship wounds. And it's like, if we focus on healing that, if we focus on not generalizing all men or not generalizing all women, then a lot of these issues will solve itself. <sighs> That's what I gotta say here. But, but the one thing, look, the one thing that I do appreciate about the American system if we used the my body, my choice argument for both the Fauci juice and both abortions, like if you're, you know, if you've been somebody on one, one of the side of the arguments is, is that the American system is built where it's very hard for one authoritarian to come in and dictate everything. So for instance, the whole state rights on the Roe v. Wade thing is, is now there's a situation where you know, you, the people in the state have the power. Now, if you were an ultimate pro-choice person, you're like, well, fuck you. It was legal everywhere, right? So understandable. But in these situations where there's challenge there, you have state rights and you have the ability, there's a, there's a structure within the country where you can't have one person rule with their ideology and say this is going to be what it is across the board like it's tough to do that and the same thing with the mandates there was pushback with the the fauci juice mandates right there was pushback there you know there you, you they weren't able to take over every single state like yes i would have been frustrated as hell living in california during the mandates um but you know, there was even a, a potential recall, right, in California. And there were then people spoke up and spoke back. And something else I want to say about, like, politics and things of that nature is that it's the independent thinkers and the third-party people and the people that don't immediately sell their vote over that can help make a push for things that they want. Um, so, you know, a big power that people have is to demand what they want and you know like use their independence as a way of doing that instead of just being loyal to one party right i'd rather just people people just be left alone <laughs> to be honest i just i just wish we would leave each other alone i wish like there was i, I do wish there was a bigger um voice for like the reasonable person that's like looking at this shit and being like you both are fucking ridiculous here like you guys like why is it these two extremes like why can't we look at, why can't 
why can't we find a middle ground here where it's like we're not saying that the like there's an argument that's not saying that every fucking fetus is a, a tumor or a parasite and it's like not this weird death cult of pro-abortionist versus um the extreme pro-life where it's like you know you should be thankful if you ended up in a bad situation i don't even want to i don't want to like say the say the thing i know i'm i'm centering myself on the sorry i offended you podcast but it's like you should be grateful for your bad situation like i don't think that is good either so you know there's nuance needed in the conversation and nobody wants to fucking have nuanced conversation here but i think it's important for us to be you know connected to our hearts teach good values um live by good values and honor you know take responsibility for our choices and be protectors you know being real men and protectors and um looking out for one another kumbaya so anyway thank you for listening to this podcast um that what it that is what a real man is that is oh vasectomies too one i've been ranting about vasectomies look it's all propaganda. It's not reversible. You could get fucking cancer up your ass. Like it's not necessarily. And it's if you reverse it after five years, you're only like 30% potent in having a baby or whatever. So it's like stop convincing young people to get vasectomies. And a real man does not listen to ultimatums and get a vasectomy because some woman threatened to leave him unless he got snipped, even though he's 22 years old. And Look, here's the thing here. Here's a fucking thing, all right? I can't control men out there in the world. It's not my say. Your body, your choice. Your snip, your dick. But if my 20-year-old son was like, yeah, my girlfriend Tammy, she wants me to get a vasectomy, I'd be like, first of all, son, you're doing this as a pro-choice argument, you fucking asshole. You live in Maryland. <laughs> and you're close to D.C. The fuck, How is this a pro-choice argument? Second of all. <laughs> second of all, I'd be like, don't, like, that's a dumb decision. You, you shouldn't be making split decisions for, so, you might not even be with her in 10 years. Stop being dumb. And then third of all is you might want to have a kid in 10 years just because you say you don't want to have a kid now doesn't mean in 15 years or whatever that, you, that you're not going to want to have a kid. And then fourth of all, it's not fucking fully reversible, son. <laughs> you're reading misinformation. It's on the first fucking page of Google when you search um, uh, vasectomy reverses or whatever, re- reversible or whatever. Um, it's on the first fucking page and it tells you the percentages of your ability to reproduce after each year of having a vasectomy. And also, son, I don't want you having prostate cancer, but at the end of the day, me as your father, I think you're making a dumb fucking choice. It's your body, your choice, but I still have the First Amendment to say your choice is fucking dumb. But... (laughs) It is your choice and I can't control you and I'm not going to lock you in the basement to stop you. So that's what I would tell my son. But hopefully that I can tell my son the dangers of vasectomies um, 
before he gets to that point. If I have a son, I don't know. So anyway, that's my thoughts. I just, I just think the whole fucking argument's ridiculous. I think it's very ignorant. Uh, you know, I just think it's ignorant for women. Like, I swear to God, women will just like, some women will just like look at the, the, like I'll even say like the dangers of men getting vasectomies. And it's like, no, I still like it. It's like, yo, like, come on. Me as a man, I think that birth control can be, can do damage to women. And I wouldn't push that on women. So don't push men to get their dick snipped. It's like, let's be fair to each other. Let's be loving and fair to each other. Let's be in this together. Let all the genders love each other, whether it's the binary genders or non-binary genders. And let's just have a fucking good time. All right. So anyway, this is a sorry I offended you podcast. I'm signing out. Um, think twice before getting a vasectomy and until next time, friends.